Hello and welcome to this episode of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Friends, today we are going into nostalgia because I was a kid in the 80s. And while I was a kid in the city, I went to movies and TV shows that showed kids on bikes fixing problems. It was the classic thing. And I was also a kid who played Dungeons and Dragons and had people thought I was a demon worshiper because I played Dungeons and Dragons. And so I got a couple of my friends together. We're gathering around a table. We've got our D20s. We've got our character sheets. And we're going to be talking about Stranger Things Season 3. All that more with Ashley Coffin and special guest Mark Garkusha. Right after this commercial break, we've no control over Welcome back. This is Matthew. I'm your host, Dave and Pronouns. I'm joined by one of the regulars here at Superhero Ethics, Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how are we doing today? I am fantastic. I'm so ready to talk about this. Definitely. At first, I was well, you brought it to me and I was like, oh, but we didn't do any other seasons. And when we try to do a show, we we like start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we're episode 310 in True Blood somewhere yeah. in the middle. <laughs> Someday we'll get back to it. And I didn't want that to happen with this because everybody's been asking for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad and I and I had an idea. I was like, oh, Mark really likes this show. I do. Let's do this so we can talk about everything. Mark Arkushka is our other guest. Mark is uh, a voice actor and the host of the Cast Die podcast, a D&D podcast. Mark, great to have you with us. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really, really happy and excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, and yet, as Ashley said, I would love it if we could give you episode by episode coverage of Stranger Things going back to season one or just this season. But as I've read out this list a couple of times already, releasing in June are Kenobi, Ms. Marvel, Stranger Things, The Boys, Umbrella Academy, Top Gun, and at least one of the. Oh, and uh, yeah, one other thing we want to talk about. So I would like to see my significant other. Somewhere in there, yeah, exactly. There's just too. so much content, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was able to watch all of this and uh, get get to get to chat with you guys about it. So let me kind of just start before we talk about this season. What have been kind of your overall thoughts on Stranger Things? And Mark, I'll start with you because you're a real D and D expert and you podcast about it. How, what was your take on this podcast that was really kind of putting D and D front and center? This the TV show, I mean. I love it. I I <laughs> I I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. I know, like, some people were like, oh, you know, season one was great, and then season two and three were... Meh, meh, meh. Uh, and I disagree. I, I really, really have enjoyed every single season of this show. Uh, it really grabbed me right from the beginning. Um, it's very, like you said, nostalgic for me. I did. I was a kid riding bikes. I wasn't solving <laughs> problems, but I was riding a bike around and pretending to solve problems exactly. in the 80s. We are going to find Probably dead bodies. Con- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're surprisingly harder to find than movies and television would lead you to believe. Right? Um, the bullies yeah. were always there, though. Plenty of bullies. <laughs> Not as mean as they are on TV and in the not movies, though. Not Kiefer Sutherland yeah. level. Yeah. That was bad. Yeah, yeah. Not, not Angela level of uh, mm-hmm. season four here. <laughs> oh, that, I know. That, that, oh. That's a new topper, I gotta say. She, <laughs> yeah. Her, her and the, the head basketball player... Right. Who's out for blood. Those two should get together and be like the ultimate power couple that gets yeah. taken down. Yeah. 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 yeah so you'd, you'd really been enjoying this and kind of all the D&D references and. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. It, it, oh, good. I was going to say, I think it is a big part of the reason that D&D has had the uh, level of resurgence um, that oh, it yeah. has. You know, I didn't know playing that 
that was what was going on in the first couple seasons. Like Demi Gorgon, I didn't realize like all that stuff was from D&D until now going back. I don't know how many years ago did this start? As far as I can tell, the D&D resurgence has had three main influences. This show is one of them. Mm-hmm. The pandemic and just people wanting a thing they could do was a That's second. That's when I got in it. And yep. this is actually a number of people I know. The community episode was the oh, third yeah. one that like yeah. my sister, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, he wanted, he got a bunch with his friends. They're like, we love community. Let's like kind of ironically have some fun with it. He mm. now goes down to his local game store to play every Tuesday night. You know, so I just amazing. Like, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, Dan Harmon, the creator of Community, is a big D and D player. He had a he had his own show there for a while. Uh, Harmon <laughs> Quest was like yeah. him and a bunch of his friends playing D and D. So nice. Yeah. Well, Ashley, what about for you? So for you, it wasn't about the D&D. What would you really love about the show the first couple of seasons? The 80s horror movie references. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was so it's very hard for me to get into a TV 14 show about screaming children. Mm-hmm. That's probably my <laughs> least favorite thing in the entire world. But, I, you know, after like season one, I was like, OK, they're fine. It was it was really good. They're doing, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. You have E.T. references and Poltergeist and just everything. And they really did such a good job with it. And they're opening like we never turn off the opening. It is the perfect. Mm. All of the sounds they use are just perfect mm-hmm. 80s sounds. We let that run yeah. every time. So, yeah, it's definitely the the more horror aspect for me. But now, you know, getting into D&D more, it, it makes it that much uh-huh. more fun it, it's yeah the references it's great well and i kind of love this because the three of us i think i think there's like a number of different things that made the show so good there's a venn diagram and it seems like we all love all of it but we each have a focus like you know D or horror for me it was the relationships mm-hmm. like i had mm-hmm. i did love those shows about plucky kids who the cops never believed them the teachers the parents never believed them but they still figured it all out anyway mm-hmm. and i just and and also i like coming of age stories i like puberty stories and for me, that was so good, especially, I think, in season one and two. I, I do think it's kind of lost some of that in this season, which why I, I, and season three, which I think I like it as much. Um, but yeah, but I think to me, it was that. And then also, you said all the nostalgia, like seeing seeing the kid. You know, I was that kid. I was that kid who the basketball players bullied because I had all the D&D books. It, it, my, by the time I was, I was in high school, it was D&D was becoming Vampire of the Masquerade. That was like the new mm. cool thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was that was who we are. Um, and like um, Eddie is, is exactly a character I know so well, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, love I, just, him. I just love the kids and I love the geekiness. They're kind of like they're all, you know, a little weird, but in their own wonderful ways. And I, it's just been a really it's been a lot of fun to grow up, watch these kids grow up yeah. that way. Yeah, it's a little harder to to capture that coming of age feeling now that the actors are all in their thirties. Yeah, <laughs> what do you always say about it, Fox? You have the best like description about what happened to the kids. Oh yeah, puberty hit them with a truck. Like that was it. Because <laughs> especially watching them, I watched I watched all of them in like mm-hmm. three days, and it's a little polarizing. By the time you get to even two, you're like, whoa. But by three, like I also didn't recognize. I was like, wait, what's that yeah. kid's name? Yeah. Oh, that's Will. Or uh, I was like, I thought that was like a mix. It looks like Daniel Radcliffe skipping around in here. I was like, what's going on? Will and Jonathan now look like they're the same age, which, you know, I think can sometimes happen because actors age differently. Mm -hmm. That's correct, though, I guess. Right. How old are they? They're 18. No, some of them are like 19. When it started, there were very distinctly two generations. There was the Nancy and Jonathan Mm -hmm. and then Steve generation. And then there was the Will and Mike and Dustin and Lucas generation. 
and and and, and like I think they're still supposed mm-hmm. to think, but yeah, Jonathan and Will were the two who had most seemed like okay, these actors are close to the same age, but hadn't hit puberty yet, and now they have, and now they yeah kind of look more like equal. <laughs> yeah, Will Will really shot up. Do you mean Mike instead of Jonathan? Jonathan is yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Brother. Jonathan is Will's older brother, but they looked okay. like they were the same age in this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you thought so? Yeah. Oh, in this one. Will oh, really looked like Sorry. a baby in that I'm, first I'm season, but now he's definitely like the one who like shot up and is now like they bigger than mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest mm-hmm. of the cast. He had that cute Elijah Wood look, which made him really yeah. likable. You're like, oh, you know, you're just like, you know, little Elijah Wood with those big eyes. Yeah. Now it's just like, I'm like, really? With the hem on the shorts, kid? Who's picking out your costume? They they had to give him an extra goofy bowl cut this season to to make him look <laughs> yeah. not like he's not six two and one hundred and eighty pounds. Well, I think that was part of why we can get into like I want to spend a lot of time talking about like the D and D references and the horror references and all that. But just I'll I'll start with saying I think I didn't like this this season as much in part because it felt like our core characters. First of all, they were never in the same place. And granted, this mm-hmm. is only the first half, and I can remember that. Um. But it definitely seems like Will and Mike were being sidelined somewhat. And I, I, they didn't appear at all in this last episode. And I wondered, do you think that maybe that is part because they have grown up a lot more and the writers were like, we can't really have like those two, Dustin and Lucas, be like, you know, the, the four musketeers because they all look like they're such different ages now? I feel like if you watch uh, three specifically, they are all split up in that one, too. Mm-hmm. And kind of in two as well, like they start doing that and then they all usually come together. But I feel like and as, uh, I think the, they know what the people want to see. And I want to see Steve and Dustin and their interactions and what they're doing and Nancy and mm-hmm. Eddie more than and even like Erica, like the stuff with Mike and, and Ellen and them this season. I was like, OK, until they took Elle, I was like, I don't care about this at all. Can we please get back mm. to the other crazy, scary stuff, which makes this season probably my second favorite season because it was so dark. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think they just were like, it, they're all going to come together. But at this point, we're getting to the end of the series. So I feel like they're giving everybody kind of like their screen time. That's fair. I think it was more like calculated. Yeah. MHP like just it wasn't for the story for me as much, which is totally fine. But I definitely like yeah. like I figured out why we were spending so much time in Russia. But to me, that was the one where I was like, I do not care in this, especially because to me, and maybe we can gotta get into this. Maybe here you you know better. There's a D and D thing here. You know, I spent the last couple of years going. Well, maybe Hopper's not dead, but if he's not, I want to know what happened. Like, how is it that this thing that should have killed him didn't? And instead, we just got. Oh, it didn't kill him because it didn't kill him, but he's captured by Russians. Let's deal with that. <laughs> did I miss something big or did they just? No, I thought the Americans sweeped that compound, too. I don't know where those Russians came from, but prosh. Yeah. Forward. They, they got him. They got him somehow. <laughs> uh-huh. Was that German? Yeah, I definitely wanted more of that. Yeah. So that, that <laughs> what about you? Did you all love that plot line of like, you know, the, the airplanes and the prisons and, and Ashley's a fan? I... Yeah, I am too. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. I love I love Maury, um, uh, Murray <gasps> and uh, uh, Brett Gelman is a god. Joyce, yeah. yeah. Brett Gelman is amazing in everything he's ever been, and I saw him in like another period or like Drunk History is where I first noticed him. I'm like, that mm. guy's hilarious. The other guys, he's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, even like the 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 double cross with uh, whatever I can't remember the the Yuri. 
Ru- Yuri. Yuri the, yeah, the Russian pilot. So funny. That was great. I thought the drugged coffee was good. It was. It was, it was a fun when he sequence. Finds the karate. I, oh you just, I loved the karate oh, part so, so much because you don't expect it to work, and he's just like <laughs> Cobra Kai. And he, yeah. And you realize he's the only adult <laughs> in his class. And but then, <laughs> but then he does beat the shit out of the guy. Like he's, it, it, uh, he's trained. Yeah. I I love that. Good. Okay, cool. I I'm glad people did. I that that like I think actually you and I are the different because I I was definitely into all the stuff with uh, L and and Will and Mike and kind of what's going to happen with them and the bullying and stuff like that. But, but to me, the Russia thing was where I just got. I get mad when characters who have been through as much as they do lie, don't tell each mm. other the truth, but yeah. it's every show. It's yep. never not been a show. Like Supernatural yeah. was the worst with it, but all the things you've been through and you're just lying to each other and you could have just gotten to the point. It was so like the awkwardness was so awkward yeah. like when it got to the airport and it kind of stayed awkward for three episodes and then they split them up. But the fight was important. I think we were supposed to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I will say on the flip side of it, I did, because I'm with you, I don't like when people just lie to each other and they never tell. I thought what they did, and I was starting to get to that point with Max of like, just tell them why you're upset. Yeah. 100%. And then I thought they did that beautifully, of her going into that area, then pulling her back with the music, and then her saying, I was afraid to talk to you, you know, but then they actually did talk it out. And yeah. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. But then we never got anything more about Max and Lucas together. Yeah. So I was like... <laughs> I, I think I think a big part of the reason and uh, you say I'm saying this as someone who, you know, unabashedly loves this every single episode of this show ever. Um, Which is great. Like, I think part that. of the. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. No. Uh, but like, I think a, a part of the reason um, I think that uh, what you're saying is true in that we, we do kind of like lose some of the focus on some of the, you know, the main characters is that this is the first time where we have a villain with like a personality and a backstory right. mm-hmm. and like and everything. So it's that little twink vampire from Twilight. I couldn't believe I that, it. I, I was like, that guy. Yeah. Oh, he, he was, he's great. <laughs> he was one of the Maha vampires. There was like these three old ones, and one of them actually was like Maha oh. at one point. So he's Maha. just Maha. <laughs> I think. He, I think he. Wow. I, I can't think of the actor's yeah, name, great. but he does. A, he does a great job mm-hmm. of being like at first sinister. You're like, oh, it's mm, creep. And then he's like, oh, no, he's not a creep. Look at how he's, he's helping out. He's a good guy. And then you're like, son of a bitch. He was a creep all along. <laughs> um, yeah. Why did I trust you? Yeah. Why I don't trust people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought he, he gave a really great performance. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him in anything since those yeah. dumbass Twilight movies, I think movies we'll probably too. see him. No, they're, they're good. You know, they're okay. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen them, but yeah. I, people, people like them. People I don't want them. to get the Twilighters after me. Yuck anybody's young. Like the beehive. You, you, we actually have a podcast about it where we talk about like why people love it and why you people do. maybe find them more problematic these days. And, 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 oh. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think I hear all that. I think, for, And I also think for me, some of this may be kind of just a general thing I don't like in the direction a lot of TV shows and movies are going these days that this kind of played into, which is that, and I kind of bl- like, I don't blame Avengers for this, but they were one of the ones who've done this. Um, I love team ups. I love the dynamics between people. And it seems like more and more what TV shows and movies love to do is say, okay, here's a team, but no matter how many times we get them back together at the end of last season or the end of the last movie, 
the next one we're going to break them apart again and you're never really going to actually just get all of them together yeah and because then the big bam won't mean as much because uh, then you're like yeah Elle showed up and threw that car in the mall and you're like yeah everybody's back together and then hopper shows up and steps on that fucking thing oh excuse my moment. language <laughs> that moment was so sorry good. about you <laughs> No, this is an explicit language one because, frankly, like our TV fourteen. If there's movie, a thirteen yes. year old who watched the heads explode, I think they're okay with hearing the language. And if the parents are upset at the language but not them watching the heads explode, well, there are parenting choices of yours. I'm going to have raise some questions with. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, we were born in '84, so yeah. that was just yeah. you know how. Yeah, what do you right. mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, okay, so why don't, why don't we, uh, does anyone else have any other more general thoughts? We're thinking maybe why don't we kind of go through each of those groups and talk about kind of their storyline and what we thought of it and, and also the references and all that. Okay. Ashley, do you have another general mm -mm. comment you want to make? Let's outline this. Okay. Give me some topics. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's start with Elle because we do have, like, and start with like the, her journey of like being awkward and then meeting up with Mike and, and, and for, let's start with all that even before she kind of gets kidnapped and, and taken away. Uh, what was going on with her story? How'd you feel about it? I thought it was really interesting uh, seeing Elle without her powers and like trying to adjust to normal life in, in you know, in California. And um, when she made the little uh, diorama with with uh, with Hopper and the squirrel, I was crying, of course, because mm -hmm. I cry in commercials these days. Not even sad angel. ones, just just for anything. Um, <laughs> and then, like on, like I said, Angela already, but like there is very few times where I look at like a a you know whatever twelve thir thirteen four however old child, and I say I would fight <laughs> that child on sight, and I would yeah, I would shrink myself down to to an appropriate <laughs> size and just fight that girl. I had that experience before in a roller skating ring. I've told you the story when I was dressed like a pink Power Ranger for our school's Halloween skate off at CNSK Palace in Aston, Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I, everybody started making fun of me so bad, but at least I had my mask on. But then the security told me I wasn't allowed to wear my mask and skate. So then everybody felt like mm. well, I had to take my mask off. And everyone saw it was me and I had to go to like I called my mom and I waited in the bathroom for her oh, to come no. get me because they were so mean. Aww. I know it was between Storm and the Pink Power Ranger, but the Storm one, my mom's like, that one's 59. This one's 29. You're the Pink Ranger. And I was like, cool. Oh, it, it was the first. It was so terrible. So in my head, I wish I like watching that happen. I was like, yeah. Break that bitch's face. I would have grabbed her by her hair and swung her in all, all of those little girls skating around me uh, and rubbed their yeah. faces on the ground. Sorry. I, I remember thinking to myself, I hope that the show isn't wanting us to think Eleven is in such a bad situation that she overreacted. Because I don't think she like mm -mm. I, I, I I'm a pretty big my... believer that bullying is violent. Yeah. And it does harm. Absolutely. And what she did is 100 percent self-defense. Yeah. yeah. Like to me, that's. That's not in question. And also, I would have used my fists. But. Yeah. If I had psych uh, telekinetic powers, I would probably use them too, but I don't. Yeah. Um, and at that point in the show, we were still kind of like under, I mean, at least I felt like I was under the impression that Eleven killed all those kids in the in the beginning mm -hmm. of the show, you know? Right. So like there. I said to Ken, I was like, no way. Yeah. No way she did yeah, that. No, yeah, no, I, I didn't think so either, but 
I felt like we were supposed then to kind of think that. Then they showed her do it, and I was like, uh-oh. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, there's two reasons why I really loved what uh, what Eleven was going through. In that. I mean, not that I was happy to see her suffering, but one is just that, like, I do think bullying in, in schools is getting more attention as, like, something that's not just like, oh, yeah, it's funny and it's too bad, but let's get revenge on the bullies, but really looking at, like, bullying does real harm. Yeah. You know, people in their 20s and 30s can still be in no, therapy yeah. for the damage bullying did. Yeah. And I don't, again, I don't, like, to me, on the one hand, yeah, like, fight back in self-defense when i see a kid like angela like i don't want to say this 12 year old is just born evil something's happening with her parents that's allowing her to think like that this is an acceptable way to treat people um yeah but so i loved that and also i just um you know i feel like media is paying a lot more attention to neurodivergency and what that looks like and sometimes what it does is things like with someone like 11 where maybe it's not that exactly but the situation of the social cluelessness mm-hmm. and the like the unawareness of subtlety and and she doesn't, right. she doesn't speak, speak well. well she gets teased yeah. to me like i've had a number of nerd like, i'm neurodivergent myself but i felt this but i've had a number of other of colleagues and friends also reach out to me and be like i felt so connected to 11 you know in that diorama scene mm-hmm. in the the kind of like because to me often like i don't think it was even that she was lying to mike about it i think like on some level it's like well ashley does pay attention to me so maybe we are angela maybe we are friends (laughs) ashley i was like i'm the bitch no i'm mixing her up with ashley from the boys (laughs) because i could see this okay fair Mm -hmm. this angela Uh could go with ashley from the boys but but yeah so i I just really appreciated that part of her character in this yeah yeah i did too and and uh, i think you you really um strike on something there with with the with the kind of um relationship to neurodivergency and i think that is Mm -hmm. a a big reason a lot of us um identify with that and and it it kind of brings me back to something that like i've heard um a lot of people say about like will and mike in this season but like will in general that he's like been sidelined since season one he hasn't really been doing anything since season one and i think like what i really love about will's character is that you know, as somebody who was like still into the kid stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when all my friends were not into it anymore, like right. that resonated mm-hmm. so strongly with me of like, can't we just play D and D like, no, we're, you know, we're like, we're, yeah. we're going like, I have a girlfriend now and, oh, and like yeah. this and that. And like, I think it's just, it's, and it's a credit to the, to the kid who plays him. Like he's, he's a great, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that kid can, can shiver very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. do it, do a terrified shiver. <laughs> one he of the best out there. Some good ones. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it yeah. really is a testament to him as an actor and like how well I think. <laughs> oh my! Oh god! Like the exorcism scene. Oh my god! Scene. In season three, Ooh. yeah. I, I think you make a really good point there, and it actually kind of ties into what we're talking about before, and maybe kind of part of why he was that character who was like he hadn't quite hit puberty yet. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he wasn't feeling these feelings towards towards other people. I think some people raise the idea that maybe he's it's because he's feeling it more towards boys than towards girls, which I think would be fun to see explore with him. But it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. But but he, I think they've made that pretty yeah, like I, they've definitely yeah. insinuated they just need yeah, to I think so. Just just do it. I, but but yeah. they, they think like so if he's supposed to be that character who's kind of the last one to be to go through puberty and wants to sort of still be in that like, let's be 12 year olds. But then the actor, as we said, has become, you know six foot hundred right. pounds yeah. and looks like he's ready for prom. Yeah. But yeah, maybe writing that character is, is difficult. Yeah. 
It's like, I'm Will. Yeah. <laughs> Next season five, yeah. they're all going to be like, hey, guys. Can we just play D&D? Hey, hey Wheeler, <laughs> cut it out. All right. Seriously. <laughs> that being said, though, I did think they did a really good job. And here again, it's the actor being so good. That third wheel position, mm-hmm. you could make him just oh, man. angry about it. or But the way that he was both like, yeah, it sucks to be third wheel, but also I care about you both and I don't like you not talking to each right. other. I I just was mm-hmm. really touched by him in those scenes. Same. Same. I think I think that there and that this is again part of the reason I love this show so much. I think that there is like that aspect with all the characters. You know, like in the same way that we have that I had you no know, that kind of um empathy with Will in that role. Also with Lucas in this season where like he has like found something that he's like popular and he's in with the popular yeah. crowd. Like I yeah. I had that experience too of like, you know, I was the theater nerd i was you know whatever all all that stuff mm-hmm. but i was also like hanging out with the cool kids you know and so i had yeah. that experience of like like you're friends with those theater kids and i was like i mean mm-hmm. it's an easy class man you know it's an easy you know whatever i'm failing yeah. i'm failing too many other classes i gotta take this class i i played rugby in college so i was like oh. I had my foot in the jock world and my foot in the the geek world and yeah yeah it's yeah, I, I think it's it's just awesome how how well these characters resonate. I think and high yeah, they're portraying high school perfectly. I didn't even think yeah. about you know that because like I I was also in theater and it wasn't until like maybe tenth eleventh grade when you started just kind of being friends with everybody like you're kind of smoking pot and you're yeah. just hanging yeah. out with everybody and right. then you're in every group but then there's a there's always that one group they're like you talk to them and I'm like yeah I mean yeah. what. Oh, I mean, like, no, not really. I don't sit with them. It's also just a nice reminder of how much things have changed, you know, that like, because today D&D isn't like, there's still like, you know, the jocks and the preps versus the everyone else. But like, you know, from everything I see from like Gen Z and all this kind of thing, like video games and D&D and comic books, like that's cool. Like that's not yeah. the thing mm-hmm. that gets you ostracized anymore. Yeah. Once they made it virtual, it became like, you know, like when people started playing over Zoom and D&D Beyond and all that stuff, it really made it so accessible to just be able to like, it's more fun in person yeah. for oh, yeah, more fun yeah, in yeah. person, but it's still yeah. fun. And everybody, you know, it's easier. You got kids, not me, but other people, you know, yeah. you can still yeah. manage it. Hardison's right. Age of the geek, baby. Yep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it. time. <laughs> the one last thing I'll say about that part of the story, then we move on to the next one. One of the things that I think I sometimes love is stories about teenagers where in one part of their life, they're dealing with monsters and demons and war, like evil witches, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And in another part of their life, they're dealing with puberty and high school. And there's this kind of humor of like, clearly one is technically worse. Yeah. But actually, I don't know, you know, and like <laughs> whatever you want to say about the author, horrible as she is. I think it's one thing Harry Potter got so well, you know, the scenes of like Harry and Ron being like dragons are bad but teenage girls are scarier yeah you know <laughs> like yeah. and we hate each other but we're really helping each other yeah and like seeing boys. Elle realize that like angela is almost scarier than some of the monsters she's faced in some ways like i just i just thought that was so well done mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah i agree yeah. so yeah so then she gets kidnapped and kind of taken away to uh you know the house of horrors uh for the fun kids <laughs> it's under the desert mm-hmm. well would you all think of like the and that's kind of like the the whole main plot for her for the rest of it. What'd y'all think of how all that played out? Well, uh, Matthew Modine, I, I want to know how you survived that demigorgon because we sure left that out. And why 
is he lying to her or did I, am I getting that wrong? That was my question I had. Is he lying to her? Cause she's like, I killed all those kids. He's like, yeah, you did. Why is he lying to her? I mean, my working theory <laughs> is that it was because he needed her to unlock that memory in order to have the like emotional breakthrough to get her powers back. Okay. But that's just a theory. Okay. Do you think Paul Reiser knew that? Because that makes a lot of sense with him being like, we're traumatizing this little girl. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, he, he was like, he was trying to stop it at various points. And, and uh, uh, you know, right. Papa mm -hmm. kept kept going with it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't believe it would work. I don't know. Or yeah. didn't know if it was worth mm -hmm. it. He's fantastic. Also, Paul Reiser. I'm so happy he's back in like a major way in this season. Mm -hmm. He really is. I thought they were going to kill him in the beginning. Yeah. When I thought they, they were going to kill him in season two. I was like, to be honest, but. Yeah, that's true. I think that was the other part of the show that really threw me. And again, this is just different expectations than like. But I think especially after Elle was treated so badly there. Having Paul Reiser show up and it being like, no, look, I'm on your team. We're here to support you. We're here to help you. This is your choice. You don't have to do it. I was so ready for Elle has a nice day. You know, I was so ready for it to be like. And so I think then it was like, oh, no, Papa's back. I was like, really, writers? You couldn't do something better? You could. You had to go to the back. So, I, And again, it's just stylistic. But I, I hated that. Like that plot line just totally lost me. It was the kick and it's, but it was also so emotional for us. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. It just, it makes you connected to the show and different. Like you're like, oh, he's alive. I don't like to call him Papa. So I'm going Matthew Modi. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Because <laughs> I love Matthew Modi. Yeah. But I was just like, God damn it. He's alive. And then you're doing it to her again. And you're in the outfit again. Oh, God damn it. And then it gave us that amazing shot of, of when she gets the powers back there for a minute oh, and, and the so good. lights explode and the evil orderlies get smashed into the ceiling. <laughs> um, We got her hair cut back. You know, I think we all wanted yeah. that. It's oh, no, I, I hate it. I, I, and I guess like, that makes me, like when you said that's where we connected, I was like, really? Because to me, that's the other, I checked out, that's when I think I started to check out when I was like, okay, so you're not actually doing anything new. You're just giving us the same old uh. stuff again. Um, but that's, you know. but they have to make her go through that to get her powers back, which is just a plot. plot. I, I don't know. It could be more from the positive side. They're the scientists. But, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so help me explain this. On this, this is the part that I got lost on at the very end. Did all of that with like number one actually happen, or is that all just like her sitting in the chair with the brain machine on, and it's all like happening in her head? Because I, I thought it was all really happening. But then at the very end, we get a shot of her still in the chair and Matthew Modine watching her. And that's where I was confused. I thought that was just her having the memory of yeah. what actually happened. Mm -hmm. uh, because the side story with uh, Nancy showed us that that kid was definitely Victor Creel's son. Yeah. Right. So it was like the two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so little girl 11 was the one who sent number one into the underdark into the and right. she created the upside down pretty much i guess i don't that is a that's a big question right did okay. she because that's how or I was it already it. there because if you remember okay. in i think it's season two when dustin's talking about like <laughs> i think 
I think uh, the the upside down has has been there for thousands of years, maybe millions of years. Mm-hmm. Maybe it predates the dinosaurs. Yeah, right. So, well, like, it's it's stuck for them in eighty three, right? From the which f- is weird. Yeah. So that would have from been one, when yeah. Will was taken, not when she when wait that was that happened at the same time. Well, no, um, no, because she was already her, like, her getting out. But that was okay. the first time the that. The upside down really came into the real world. So real world going into the upside down happened in seventy nine, and then it's but time then when stops. it came into our world, oh, I don't, right, I don't know. I would love to know the answers. Time travel, time travel. So, so somehow Vank, <laughs> v- v- Vank, Vankna, I think Vecna. that's his name, Vankman, Vank, yeah, Vecna. He, like, he, I mean, maybe he's he's older than he looks, or he just didn't really age much. Like somehow with while he was number one, yeah. Yeah, or now he's just monster well, freak because he's like yeah, he's like six in like 1950. Oh yeah, so it's about 20 years later. He's probably like 26 something. I think that would be 20. That would probably, be fair. Mid to mid 20s, late 20s. I don't know. Everybody looks like they're 18 to me anymore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I'll that's give it true. a good. That kid's probably well, like so 30. That, I'm kind of just going to throw out questions at this point. We can go on back to the specific characters. Um, and and Mark, you might know this better, or Ashley, you might have figured this out. Part of what also, in season one, I didn't quite understand if what they were saying was that, to me, I, I kind of saw that three possibilities could be happening. One is that D&D is real. You know, that somehow, like, these kids playing this game summoned this creature. Two is that the people who wrote D&D somehow, like, had, you know, like the stories of these creatures had entered into folklore. And so that's why the stuff in D and D connected to it. And then three was just that, like it was just a super weird coincidence or that, like they were just using D and D as the metaphor to describe these things that were totally different by this point, especially like the fact that like Eddie create, it wasn't even the, the monster manual as far as I understand Eddie creates this wizard character, the evil wizard, mm-hmm. who winds up looking exactly like this uh, the, the creature that they were dealing with. What's going on there? Well, do, do you have a theory on that? Well, Vecna Vecna is a established D and D character. Uh, it, it's, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so that wasn't something Eddie made. No, up. no, Vecna Vecna. Yeah, okay. Our demi our demigorgons. Too? Yeah, uh, the demigorgon. Yeah, uh, okay. the demigorgon right. is actually mind flayer. No, definitely is mind flayer. Mind flayer is an original. Mind flayer and Vecna are original D and D creations. Um, I know the mind flayer, the illithid, was created by Gary Gygax. I can't remember who exactly created Vecna, but the demigorgon was is actually like a um, a real. I mean quote-unquote, real demon from <laughs> history. Like, if you look back, like, the Demogorgons mentioned in, like, uh, Paradise Lost, I think, or there's, like... Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of a, a lot of the demons, and this is part of the reason the Satanic Panic was such a big thing, was, like, a right. lot of the demons and devils that are mentioned in right. Dungeons & Dragons are based on real... Again, yeah, they quote, didn't make unquote. up vampires and werewolves. Yeah, that's exactly. In the same way they take from all different types of folklore, they took, you know... Um, these demons and devils from Judeo-Christian uh, history. But Vecna is an original um, character. We can talk about Vecna for a second. Let's I have, do so, it. I have, I think I have what might be some original ideas here. Go for so it. Vecna is uh, very interesting because um, at first Vecna was not like a character. Ve- there was two like artifacts in Dungeons and Dragons 
there was the hand of Vecna and the eye of Vecna. And they were supposed to be like the only two things left over from this ancient uh, uh, undead wizard, a lich mm-hmm. uh, that was destroyed. But it's still his his hand and his eye were like these hugely powerful artifacts. And if you think about it, in season one, you have the Demogorgon, who is kind of could be considered like the hand of Vecna in that it's like this like powerful thing that like is out there causing trouble. And then in season three, the mind flayer season two and three, the mind flayer is like described as like the, the spy they call it sometimes. And it like mm. takes control of people. And the eye of Vecna is a, a, is a thing where like, if you use it, you have to like pluck out your own eye and put in the eye of Vecna. <laughs> Give me the eye. Give me the eye. Yes, see. exactly. <laughs> Uh, but if you put it in, it gives you all these powers. But anytime you use one of the powers, there's a 5% chance that it's going to take over your body. Oh, no. So there's some really cool kind of like... I think I remember you know, reading that when I was like 12 in the ADD yeah, book or something like that's that. That's cool. Yeah, there's some really cool connections there, I think, with, with Vecna. So does Vecna work for the Mind Flayer? So would he be like the boss before the final boss? V- Vecna is like a, a god. A demigod. Oh, okay. Yeah. It would be the other yeah, way around. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They don't strictly speaking in in can in D and D canon work for or yeah. with each other, but like, um, it's very interesting because, you know, it, it was a character who was never like actually involved in the story. They were only like history <laughs> until uh, there was a, a module written in like 1990 by Zeb Cook called Vecna Lives, mm. which is what no, no. Eddie Munson says. In that, you know, when in that first uh, uh, D&D session that they have, he said, Vecna lives. Oh, no. And now. And everyone was pissed. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 So it, it's <sighs> there's a lot of cool D&D stuff going on. in awesome. there. I loved that scene. Oh, it's so that good. looked like the most fun D&D. He had his little. I know they were. <laughs> I, I want to talk about all that. But I still don't have an answer to my question. Not yet. Oh, what, uh, what was what, the question? What's the relationship between. <laughs> The game of D&D, the game these kids are playing, and the actual monsters that are happening in the world. So I think we kind of skirted around it there a little bit in that, like, the Demogorgon is something from history, you right. know, but it has been adapted mm-hmm. into D&D. And so, like, you could be partly right in that, you know, maybe the Upside Down is hell. Maybe, like, some, Just... you know, long ago mystic saw it and, like, right. you know, there's all this kind of stuff and bleeding over but i think it's also actually like you were saying just like the lens that the kids use to like make sense of it mm-hmm. yeah that, that yeah. that's what i was thinking because they're like that's a demigorgon and it just happens to fit the because they were like that's a right. lich he's like said first it was a wizard right. a dark wizard is that what a lich, uh, is? lich is a wizard who in their power mad desire for immortality trade <laughs> their humanity for yeah uh, undead, okay. basically. Right. They're very powerful. Exactly yeah. what happened yeah. here. Okay. Right. Oh, so yeah. good. So it could be. Maybe yeah. we'll find out. Maybe we won't, but I love yeah, it. And one of Vecna's it. names is also like the Lord of Spiders, or he like sits on the throne of spiders or something, which is interesting. Oh, God. Because uh, the, kid, definitely, yeah, the, the kid is obsessed with Black Widows, which is crazy. Spiders being the highest predator. Okay. Right. I think that makes sense. And I'm willing to buy that there's kind of a coincidence of like, the kids are fighting a demigorgon and then they meet a creature that looks like that. And now like Vecna looked an awful lot like their drawings of it. So that's where I was kind of like, is there something actually happening here? Or is this just a framework that the kids use 
to 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 make sense of all this or or what's going on. I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. 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 And I and I think the column C is the uh, writers doing it for us. That's right. <laughs> and, and frankly, that's one thing that I think I would be okay with. Like, the idea that everything has to make total sense and be explained, I I don't think the, the new MCU created that, but I think MCU kind of made, with the whole thing of, like, everything's going to have a kind of scientific explanation, it became mm-hmm. a much bigger thing in movies. Like, a lot of these 80s movies, you never got an explanation of how all this fits together. Mm-hmm. It was just eerie and weird and strange and we don't know and move on and yeah yeah (laughs) right well i see a lot of people complaining about eight because we see number eight in season two but then she's not in these memories and i was like well we don't know how many these memories are manufactured since he's making her see this other Mm -hmm. stuff or maybe she just wasn't there because she obviously was in a different room right with 11 at that point i don't know she could have escaped by that point too lots of questions i hope she shows up though i would like to see her again at least in the last season that would make a lot of sense let's talk about eddie because he is far and away my favorite new character um he's up there with steve fantastic Uh, that doe-eyed beautiful bastard i love and i'm like he's 30 it's okay (laughs) I, I kind of want him to be 30 for the way you I feel love him. about him. So that's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, with your little poodle haircut, I Luke love Perry you. <laughs> I get I get mad when I see him with his real hair. I'm like, no. Give me that no. Eddie Munson mm-hmm. shaggy yeah. curl mullet thing. <laughs> I felt like he was such an important character because he was like we've gotten I feel like they're 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 bringing to life all the different people I knew in high school, all the different people I was or could have been or was like. And like we've had the shy, awkward kids. But then there is that one kid who is like, you know what? I'm awkward. I'm weird. And I'm down with it. And I'm going to look like, yeah. and, and I'm a rock. badass, you know? And like, he is a mm-hmm. god to his local little group. And they all look up mm-hmm. to him. But to everyone else, he's still the weirdo. And they hate him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the head cheerleader still yeah. would that, date him. I, I was so mad she <laughs> got killed early. Because I was, I, was, I was shipping those two so hard. I know the the chemistry. And I love that yeah. He's the local drug dealer, and that's never the show is never like he's a bad person for that. It's just yeah, he's Mm-mm. helping kids How get weed. Yeah. Okay, it's... that's that's what he does. Though I would have asked her when she's like something stronger, I'd be like, "Have you taken special gay before? Like, what what is going on here?" But he was just kind of like happy to be in her presence, yeah. so he wasn't asking questions. Well, even there, even the earlier the pot, he was like, "You know, it's okay to back out. I won't be mad." Like, you think of all yeah. the things that in that situation, normally the dealer's like, "No, you brought me out here. You have to take this. You have like." It was none of that. He was just a yeah. genuinely good kid. Who has some ego-ish stuff? He's and yeah, don't, don't it, give her because to me, like, it's not that I think he's socially awkward. He, that he's not socially awkward. I think that like you can deal with being socially awkward the way a lot of the kids do of kind of shrinking and hiding, or you can deal with it with like, no, I'm great. I love everything. You know? Yeah. 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 Theater. Yeah. yeah that that the was theater. a really really awesome <laughs> scene because they they set him up as like this like total like badass like owning his mm-hmm. out outsider persona and just being crazy and like everyone's kind of scared of him he's scary and then that scene with with Chrissy <laughs> in the in the woods he's like oh, I'm I'm scared of you and you know yeah. like I you know so it, it gave us this really like mm-hmm. you know wonderful look into 
that character. He's almost like an allegory for Dungeons and Dragons too. It's like you know, oh, it's 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 oh, it's the devil, and oh no, watch out! But then it's just like, no, I'm just a kid who's like, you know, yeah, I'm scared of you too, and like, let's be friends. And I'm yeah, and I'm yeah, creative. Yeah. And like, yeah, I really <laughs> love that scene. All of the best dungeon masters I've played games with, I was a little scared of. Like I, like I watched his setting. I was like, I would play in this guy's game. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe not Jeff. Oh yeah, but like, um, yeah. Jeff was like, ah, we'll talk about it. Let's have a democracy. I'm like, is that how it's supposed to go? <laughs> I also loved that because especially the way they set it up. At first, you might have thought, okay, this is the obnoxious kid who's too into his own power, right. and he's power gaming, and that. By the end of it, the kids are going to find they can play D&D without him. Mm-hmm. But instead, when you learned that, like, you know, when Dustin and um, uh, who was the other one who was in? Oh, oh Mike. Because, yeah, he trained. That when Dustin and Mike were new to the school and didn't know anyone, he kind of adopted them. He helped yeah. them yeah. feel better. Like, it's like I, you're going to pass it on as I military crawl out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I loved him. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think of what else was going on with, with that group of people back back in Hawkins still? Uh, Steve, I'm going to talk about Steve for a little bit because I feel like I remember I commented on something and someone was like, we didn't like Steve in season one. When I watched season one again, that's not true at all. Like he he straddled that line of being with the popular kids and his group and then doing the right thing because like his friends were the ones who kept doing like the shitty things like they wrote that she was a whore or whatever they wrote on the marquee. But then he defended them in the alleyway. He still got into the fight with Jonathan because he said some things he shouldn't say. But then like the next day without anybody saying anything to him, he went and asked the marquee guy, like, can I help you wash that off? And then he became the babysitter by the end of that season. Yeah. You know, he showed, uh, he showed up when Nancy and Jonathan were in the house. Yeah. Oh my God. And he got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he was just in, yeah. you know, he, he is my favorite. Uh, Mark, go ahead. I, I've talked a lot. What oh no. I'm like, I, yeah, no, I'm, Steve's I'm agreeing with everything that, that Ashley was saying. And I, I think what yeah. you were going to say, Steve is, Steve is obviously the favorite. He's, he's the mom, you know, he's like, he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm your mom now. And I love him. I, I feel like they've given him such complexity because you're right. He could like if it's the it's one thing I love is that they're taking the 80s character tropes, but then making them so much deeper because in the 80s trope. Mm-hmm. He's the awful guy who eventually the girl realizes he shouldn't be with her. Mm-hmm. She should be with the dorky guy. Yeah. And what I liked is that we saw he is a decent guy who has to learn some things, but he's a pretty terrible boyfriend. Right. And so I both liked that that he was a decent guy, but that Nancy was still like, I don't want to be with you. Mm. And the other thing is... Well, he kind of was at first, but if you watch that first season again, there's like this switch, like after they go through everything and going into season two, she decides to stay with Steve Mm -hmm. because he does do... That that 360 had already started. He's there for her. He's supportive, but she has already fallen in love with Jonathan. So she kind of breaks his heart pretty early on she in season drunk. two. But he did. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yes. She's bullshit. like, I don't love you. It's all yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit, yeah. bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Well, what I was going <laughs> that is, because something I've been talking about a lot on this show and others is I love a good redemption arc, but I think a redemption arc has to be earned. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, yeah. you do one good thing after a lifetime of being terrible, that's not a redemption arc. Like, to me, like, Avatar, yeah. The Last Airbender, sets the gold star of, oh, yeah. of that. And I was watching, and I was like, yeah, if... In season two, she had gotten back together with him. I'd be like, eh, you haven't earned this yet. 
watching him and Nancy yeah. start to reconnect, I was like, at first I was like, no. No, actually, you know what? I'm ready for this to happen. I am. This is earned. No, I don't know. know Giving that to us over four seasons, I was just like, "This is beautiful." Mm -hmm. Well, that 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 makes a that's a little storyline that doesn't make sense to me. That they've only been gone for less than a year, and Jonathan's already like, "I don't think I want to be with her, man." And I'm like, "Why?" Well, he's worried about not getting into the school. Yeah. Not being smart yeah. enough to go to school. And okay. I, got, I got that as part of long distance, you know, and I the scenes of like mm -hmm. both of them saying to their friends that it was the other one. Like to me, that was heartbreaking, yeah. but it felt so real. You know, yeah. just then I don't want her to string Steve along. And then when Jonathan shows up at the end, when they all get back together and she just breaks right. Steve's heart again. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's not what happen. I want. I, I didn't <laughs> No, you I think didn't know any I didn't know anybody. And this show is, I think, good at at, at you know doing like outsized portraits to really well to portray high school relationships. Well, uh, I didn't know anybody who was in long-term relationships when I was in high school, but I do remember my freshman year of college when like everybody had a boyfriend or girlfriend back home and they, none of those relationships made it through freshman year, you know? So like, no, they're separated. Yeah. We used to joke at my school that the, the, the best song to, to understand the situation of the people who've come to college with a boyfriend or girlfriend back home is the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, Love the One You're With. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, it's another thing. It's like, you gotta remember, this is before email. This is before, right. like, FaceTime. Know, Susie, Susie and Dustin might instant message a little bit, but like, most people don't. So, yeah. yeah, it makes, when it's phone calls and letters, long distance relationships are so much harder. And yeah. even just going back, like, the whole thing about, Mike not saying I love you in his letters. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, 14-year-old mm -hmm. kids are idiots. They don't know how to communicate with each other. They don't, and they, they misunderstand mm -hmm. each other. Like, I didn't blame Mike for that. I just thought, these are two idiot kids mm -hmm. who don't know how to yeah. communicate. Yeah, I, I thought she was asking a lot That's of him. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I felt bad. I felt bad. But cause he did yeah. say it first, though. But she wasn't right. in the room. Yeah. God, these kids. Uh, I remember someone... Someone I saw someone complaining about um, Jonathan just like smoking pot all the time with Argyle, and I was like, "That's he's that's twenty years did. old. Like that's exactly <laughs> from like yeah. fifteen to like twenty two. That's all I did was smoke weed with my friends. All I did yeah. was smoke pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. buying the Toys R Us at the mall. I wish like, my friends were as did. cool as Argyle. And you, but um, uh, we also right? listened to. He's the best. I know another he's sleeper so character. Awesome. There. Amazing. That hair. And I love that him and Eve got to hook up. And that <laughs> yeah. was just like a fine thing, you know? Like, mm -hmm. just, that, that was awesome. Susie's Mormon family was glorious. Like, that was fun. Susie, that's my, it will shock you to know my favorite scene in all four seasons is when she makes him sing the never ending story with him and they sing the so entire <laughs> song. My favorite. I, scene we were i was on the I ground that i was today. like crying i watched i watched the the, the end of season <laughs> three today and yeah there's like the battle of Starcourt is going on you've got like a russian laser reactor thing <laughs> is opening a portal to the netherworld <laughs> but it's like let's take Choice. four minutes <laughs> to have these two 14 year olds sing the theme from Neverending Story. And it's amazing. I was like. Yeah. It was yeah. Joyce's banging her head <laughs> yes, on yes, the, uh, yes. the door. It's crazy how well that scene works. <laughs> yeah. And I was at home like, 
beach, the stars. You know? <laughs> and, I, and I sang it today at my friend at Amazing. work down the entire hallway. And I didn't know other people were there. And my manager sent me a um, a quote that just said, or a text that just said, <laughs> and, stop And I think that. I will say about it, I, I love that scene, but I also felt so seen because I think I, I felt so like represented because I think it was Eddie. One of the kids says, oh, never ending story. Yeah, that movie terrified me. And I was like, yes, I have no idea why that movie, I, I have never finished it. Yeah. No, no, it's supposed to be oh, scary. Yeah. The wolf is very scary. The nothing is very scary. That's why we're a tougher generation than these. I'm not going to go that far. But. Growing up with Teletubby. Well, think about the never ending story. You think about legend. You think about the Dark Crystal, Willow, all of these children movies that had very real adult situations that they're like, kids movie, watch this a thousand times. And I was like, I want to be the evil quieting bad morta. Yeah. And they wonder why I am the way I am. I mean, I don't remember anything making me <laughs> sob when I was a kid the way Up did. You know, I think that there's some like. The blob made me cry like a little bit. <laughs> the blob was scary. Um... Uh, it was very scary. Well, all right. So while we're talking about these kids, though, and, and like the whole Hawkins plot, my, my sense is, Mark, that that's the one that has the most D&D references because that's what Dustin and all them are hanging out. Yeah. What, to talk to us. What, what, what do we miss if we haven't memorized the monster manual? Okay, well, here's another thing. And um, when I, wa I watched uh, season four with my fiance, and um, she likes to watch things with the subtitles on. Yeah. And I have mm -hmm. come to accept slash tolerate it. I don't like it. Can't if I'm it. watching by myself, I don't do it. But it's okay. <laughs> Um, it's, it does make it easier to eat snacks while you watch a show. Um, <laughs> but there's several times in season four where the word eldritch is used like eldritch humming or eldritch music. Interesting. Yes. And I think one of the big questions is like, where the F we already used our one, we already used our one F word this episode. If you can uh, fucking is... curse again. Okay, good. Okay we could do we're going, it. We we're, going, we're going hard Yay. R? Fantastic. I thought we were doing PG-13. Yeah. Hard R. The one fucking time. <laughs> no X, because the video isn't going out anywhere. So okay, good. On, but... Good, good. Um, so we've been talking about where the fuck do these telekinetic, psychokinetic powers come from? And in Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Eldritch uh, is used a lot. Eldritch Blast is the number one spell of warlocks and yep. warlocks mm. get their power by making a pact with an otherworldly being. And if you remember mm. in season four, there's that, I mean, obviously he's just a really creepy fucking kid. Now I'm just, now I'm using it too much. I'm going to dial it back. Uh, <laughs> he's a really creepy kid. He's Welcome sitting there with the candles and the spiders in the jars. And it looks like he's almost like communing with something, you know? So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it's hit. It's maybe it's whatever. A one I can't remember is the kid's name, who's always had that connection with the upside down, and Eleven just oh. pushes him into it. She sent him home. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I I think I would like that because I uh, and for our Magic the Gathering fans, which is the world, the geeky world that I probably most inhabit. Uh, Eldritch Moon was a whole world of Magic the Gathering uh. that was mostly based on this world of Innistrad, which already was kind of like Germanic horror wolves and vamp werewolves and vampires and spirits and all that. <laughs> that now there are these like 
you know, godlike beings that people can make pacts with. And hence, that's the eldritch horror. So, yeah, right. like, I, love, yeah. I love that connection. Because, yeah, to me, there's something just like this kid just spontaneously realized he was super powerful. And so he killed his whole fam. Like, it, it felt like there was something missing. And I love what you're saying. Like, it, that warlock thing of like, because one of the things I love about the warlock class in D&D is you don't have to realize what's happening. Right. Like for geek, I geek, like one of my favorite characters I've created was a cleric who thought he had discovered a new God and doesn't realize he's a warlock because he's like in a pact Ooh. with, you know, and I, so I kind of love that for this kid that maybe like he thinks he is this powerful, but actually there mm-hmm. is this, you know, it's not Aldrich. What, what's the name of the, 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 the being from, from D and D that the kids think that the, the, the big bad in Eddie's game. Oh, Vecna. 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 That maybe Vecna, like, has kind of, like, made this kid his servant, you know, or something like that. Or, or like, he yeah. gave Vecna human form or something like that, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, in, in D&D, Vecna, <laughs> deep lore, Vecna uh, made a deal with Orcus, who is, like, the lord of the underworld, who is also, like, another, like, Again, quote, I'm doing the finger quotes, quote unquote, real <laughs> demon from like the uh-huh. Bible expanded universe books, you know, not the <laughs> not the main ones, but them Genesis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Orcus is the one that the prince of hell or whatever. I got to mm-hmm. I got to crack open my monster manual who like. I know, I like Paradise Lost is right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> who teaches Vecna like the secret of undeath. So, mm. cool. You know. So the upside down could have been there for a yeah, very long yeah. time, and he finally used this kid to yeah, break through. Yeah. Oh, I I love that. And I really hope that's what it is. Yeah, I, I love possession. I, yeah, I'm kind oh, of leaning more and more towards the idea that maybe the first person to get pulled into like that. I don't think they'll actually do this because it's now dealing with real life people. But like to me, the head canon is that the first person who got pulled into the undergar in Underdark was Gary Gygax. That he had like some kind of crazy experience in the oh. Underdark, came back, read Lord of the Rings, and put the two together, and was like, "Here you go," <laughs> you know. <laughs> I kinda yeah, love that idea. and also uh, because you mentioned Lord of the Rings, and that is definitely like one of the biggest. Um, oh yeah, the elves influences. and dwarves and stuff. Yeah, elves, dwarves, yeah. they ents. Uh, we got to talk about. They Sean were, Austin. Oh, we got. We're gonna talk about <laughs> hobbits. We got to talk about Sean Austin, Bob Newby, superhero. <laughs> I'm crying. Um, uh, Jack Vance uh, is another sci-fi slash fantasy author who wrote the Dying Earth uh, series. And uh, Vecna is an anagram of Vance. And it is a nod to what a huge Mm. influence Jack Vance's uh, books were on Gary Gygax and then Dave Arneson and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying Gary Guy Jacks, and I'm used to being Gary Guy Gax, and I'll trust you because you're the more D and D person here. So it's Gary Guy Jacks. I don't know. I feel like I've been saying it for my entire <laughs> life, but only actually hearing it for the past five years. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't mean to call you out. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't remember. I just want to know. Guy Gax or Guy Jacks? It's, it's definitely close. one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, which one. Though. That's fair. You're gonna take away my D and D card. <laughs> now you're. <laughs> I have a I have a complete side note. The cops in Hawkins are the worst. Especially cops. in this season. Like they're just 
They're so They're mean. They're so shitty, but um, they are kind of, those two are contis- consistently yeah. shitty throughout all of the seasons. But this time, like, yeah, mm-hmm. really bad. Children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they're real. It's, I think, another one. Again, I, 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 there's a lot that I love. I feel like, like part of my frustration was they introduced so many new plot stories that I wanted to get more of all. And I had to keep, like, I, I got about halfway through the last episode and I was like, really? There's going to be all these plot holes? Oh, wait, no, no, no. There's a whole ha- second half of the season. I, I am going to remember that. But, like, to me, I'm so fascinated by this idea that there's two different government groups, you know, and the cops are kind of mm-hmm. caught in the middle. I yeah. want to get a lot more about that because you're right. The cops in this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I rolled my eyes a little bit about how quickly, like, the the mob of vigilantes going after the kids is. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, the satanic panic was a real thing. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And a lot like, of kids are dying in Hawkins. And yeah. I did live in a small town, uh, not in Indiana, but in North Carolina, where everyone was obsessed with the high school athletes like that the high school athletes mm-hmm. were the most important thing in our town so like yeah well it it is a little goofy you know that that was jason uh is able to walk into that meeting and like totally take the power away from the cops and be and like it's 16-year-old? here it's here satan is here among us and come on rednecks help me fight satan and which is you know if anyone's going to do that it's rednecks they'll help you fight satan if you ask them to yeah um, <laughs> I, I, I just watched again the first season of Ozark, so be careful saying redneck. It's really dangerous for you. Um, my, my, I do have some red on my neck, so I can say it. Yeah, and, and I hear you. I mean, I, I was in New York City. I was in a very liberal place. Like, I didn't have a, a whole panic, but one of my friend's mothers called my mother and was like, "Why does my son think he's a vampire? Like, you know, what do you, yeah. what do yeah. you have your son to do?" And my mother was drunk and probably gave a pretty terrible answer, but you know, he wasn't allowed to come to my house I remember for two months, but a friend and I wasn't allowed to hang out with a friend anymore, but I brought actual spell books and black candles. And I was like, we're going to do a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Let me see your hand. Uh, safety pin. And yeah, I, I did. That's really how love, I, did. Though, I was a real witch. <laughs> just on that thing of like the high school kids being so honored. I think again, it would be really easy. And this is what a lot of the eighties movies I love did to say, nerds good jocks bad yeah and that scene Mm. where you know you're lining up for the final shot of the game as you're lining up to roll the final dice of the game yeah and to me it showed them as both so beautiful it was an amazing they both can be awesome yeah you know i love that scene Mm -hmm. erica is one of my favorite side characters (laughs) <laughs> I just love her. I love when they're running out of the house and she's like, it's only a mild misdemeanor. Yeah. Yeah. Cop and car tire. In, in, I, like I said, I. <laughs> when she owns <yes>. Eddie. <laughs> and I just finished season three today, or refinished season three today. And <laughs> there's that whole discussion between Erica and Dustin in the, in the vent when they're escaping. And she does like this crazy math equation. And he's like, you just did that in your head. And he goes, you're, you're a nerd. She's like, no, I'm not. And he like does this whole thing to like prove she's a nerd. You watch yeah, he's my like, little She's like, pony. how do you know all this stuff about my little pony? He's like, because I'm a fucking nerd. I'm um <laughs> and then at the end, in the in the uh uh post uh the prologue prologue? Epilogue, epilogue of sure. uh, epilogue. the the end of season uh three, which is hard, easy to forget because there's so much that happens in that episode. But Will um mm-hmm puts his D&D books into the donate 
pile because he's like, I'm not going to play in California because I only want to play with you. And then they have the yeah. scene of Erica opening the box and like pulling out the red box, like the original D and D room. I missed yeah, it. I love that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's like I missed the. Oh, that that's she why embraced she was Mrs. Applejack or whatever. And, uh, I think that's really cool. Aww. And that also helps answer something we talked about before about yeah, Will hanging out with the pot smokers kind of makes sense because you know. He he doesn't have his group that he used to have. You know, he had yeah. D D was his life, and now he's looking for something new. And he's actually not the same age as 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 them because he's supposed to be Jonathan's younger brother. But we're kind of forgetting about that. Right. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was all so well done. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's good. the question I have to ask um, uh, Ashley, both as our resident um, Steve Thirst person, although I'll join you with that, but also he's yeah, thirty. I'm also allowed. our re- Timothy Chalamet has one resident, more year. Our uh, hair, you know, hair in movies and TV show expert. Is the chest hair real? Yes. Or was that okay? Oh yeah. No, okay. no, no. That's real. That that little angel. He was like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> not waxing it. I could. Yeah, okay. it looked very real because it was just so. I, I did appreciate the show knows its audience that it found a very good reason for him to spend a lot of time with his shirt off, and I don't think he will complain. I thought we were going to talk about his hair hair because there's nobody with better hair than Steve. Throughout the seasons, it evolves and changes. Ugh. Like Eddie's is good. And um, Mike kind of has Eddie's hair this season because you can yeah. kind of tell he's yeah. like looking up to him now. So he's got the bangs and the long. But one of my favorite scenes was Eddie telling Steve how much Dusty oh, looked so up to he- him, even though Steve was a little yeah. jealous of like the time with Dusty. Because you could see that, like, Mike was going full, full mm-hmm. Eddie. Like, this guy is awesome. He's my favorite. But, like, Dusty will always yeah. love Steve. Yeah. When they're looking for the for the sub for the game, mm-hmm. uh, Steve was the first person Dustin called. Yeah. He was so happy when he got back from camp. They had that that thing I tagged you and Katie in when he's like, Ugh, yeah. high yeah. five. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. It's so cute. She's Robin's yeah. like, uh, idiot or whatever. She, what does she call him? It's something very specific. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Blank. Your children are here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Moron. Moron. Yeah. Your children are here. Moron. She's like, how many friends, how many kids are you friends with? I'm definitely yeah. liking Robin. I like that she's kind of our new, was it Barb, the girl who died in season one, Nancy's best friend? Yeah. Yeah. So Nancy's got a yeah. best friend. There was a little bit of a moment where I was like, is Nancy maybe going to learn some things about herself and, and wind up with Robin? They didn't go there, which is totally fine. <laughs> but if Robin doesn't wind up with a girl from the band by the end of the season, I will be very annoyed. <laughs> like, because uh, also yeah. like uh, that. You want to talk cliche? They're not on the softball team together, but the band is pretty damn close. Uh, you know, for people discovering that that that, 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 that you know they're into the same gender. Well, this, so this one time. Now- I you love that they brought the singer girl back. Side note, because oh, they were yeah. talking about that in season two. They're like, she sings like shit. And then she what came back. What a terrible back, singer she is. And then she, and she did. And she sang, yeah. yeah. Hawkins' own. Uh, you mentioned Barb, which Barb. is terrible. Yeah, justice for Barb, justice for mm-hmm. Muse, justice for Bob Newby, uh, justice for um, Alexi. Mm-hmm. All that to say. Alexi. Right? I cried. I cried. All that to say. Who's it going to be in season four? It can't be Steve. I already thought it was going to be Steve twice. So I, I think too. he's getting out of this one. But I also think I... he'll sacrifice himself to save Nancy. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think it's going to be Will. I will be devastated. 
You think it's going to be Will? Wow. Uh, I think, well, there's also that Will and Eleven both need to die for this to be done. Yeah. Um, real quick, one more D&D thing. Mm. Yeah. Those 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 creatures that attack Steve when he's pulled through the th- those are sturges. Mm, like okay. clearly, those are sturges. So do they poison you or put things in you like what happened to Eleven in the third one? Uh, or is he going to be okay? I I I think they just drink blood. I can't remember okay. if they have like a poison that, thing was, in D. I was worried they were going to put something in him like when Eleven got bit. Yeah, that's a great point i don't know i am very worried about steve i'm worried about eddie i'm worried about everybody because my heart's been broken so many times by this show it's it's probably not going to be nancy what were the the no nancy and steve are endgame i think they have to be together but steve might die trying to save her i'm wrong you know who's gonna die joyce (gasps) and i realize i think that's the other thing is to me what joyce is first like i like getting to see her with murray but dare me, you? How her, very dare you do that, sir? Her as a mother, I did not expect is that. <laughs> so good, but no, she's going to die for her kids, and it. Because think of it, it, that's the final passing of the torch of the queen of the '80s movies. You know, is going to die to protect the new generation. I want to find a reason to argue. I can't find um, it with you about that, just because I hate it, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and I don't want it to. That happen never crossed my mind because I love Joyce. And I love Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in love with Winona Ryder since. I, you and I are people of the I same remember. generation. Yeah. For me, yeah. Gold Bikini Princess Leia was never like original Princess Leia was it, but then Winona Ryder stole my heart. And well, oh Miss yeah. Lydia. I watched yeah. the movie Heather Lydia, many, yeah. many, 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 many times. Yeah, I know what my damage is. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a uh, uh, quick just actor talk the fact that like david harbour has has gone on record saying that like winona ryder was his crush like you know <laughs> uh he's he's he was born like 75 i think so he's right. uh, like five or six years older than me and and winona ryder's a little bit older than that so like there's an interview where she's talking about how it's like she wasn't attractive in the 80s and he's sitting next to her and he's just like what are you the serious fuck? Are you talking about? He is He's the guy who plays gem. Hopper, right? Yeah. Yeah, Hopper. Yeah, yeah. David He's Arbor. A yeah. Gem. He's great. I, I also just like that's. I've seen him escape from Russia. I watched that in Black Widow. I didn't need to see it again. And his <laughs> name was Alexi, which made me laugh. Maybe that's why it seems so. We're like, we know what happens here. Oh, but I um, felt so well, terrible for him. Yeah, that was a real. Yeah, it, it's been a tough, tough time for Hopper. That character, oh, has every season's been gone tough for through so much with his daughter dying, and I feel like he hadn't talked about it in a couple seasons so long that I forgot. So yeah. his conversation with a man who has no face—I don't know what his name was there, but that was his Game of Thrones. Anatov. Yeah. Who I was so yeah. happy to see that Game of Thrones guy. I He's loved great. him. Um, that was I so deep. We, yeah, but he I, could be—he could be the one who dies. I I think I'm okay I think Hopper that. and Eleven have to wind up back together as a family. Mm-hmm. Like I hope, but then so. he has to now adopt all these kids. So we went from no kids to now all the kids. Although I did, if I, did I did love the scenes of the parents I don't mean to all ship together. I, I had no memory of who what parent belonged to what kid, but yeah. it, it was fun watching the, the parents and and that scene where the parents like you know one mom is like you're all always welcome here and the dad's like how many waffles are you eating like so yeah. that's Mike that's and Nancy's dad, yeah. mom who right. is one of my favorite moms on the show and mm. uh, to bring Billy into it who I loved Billy I loved Billy's character Same. I loved that. 
you know, at the end, he broke himself out of all that horribleness and actually tried to save Elle and everybody. He did. But like, he did. He did. But him uh, asking the mom to go to the Motel 6 was like one of the top seeds. Like, it was just so funny. And her realizing that she can't do it. It was very 80s. Yeah. Yeah. 80s movie. Her makeup stayed on so well through all that water. I was like, okay. And and, whatever your name is. Billy. I don't. I hate award shows. I don't think award shows make any sense, and so this probably won't happen. But I'm ready to give best supporting actor in a TV series to the girl who plays Max, just oh. for her reading that letter. Oh to Billy. yeah. Oh, it was so good. And, that and was the, my favorite episode. And the yeah. right, it could have been so cliched, but the way like it could have just been, oh, I always loved you. You were always a great big. No, she was like, no, I hated you, and you hated me, but we could have had something, and you died nobly, and I want to. It was. Love your shitty sobbing. little sister. Yeah. yeah, same. Yeah, it was so that's good. why the, the Kate Bush song. People are like, oh my god, I understand why now. I'm like, yeah. oh, you sweet summer child. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the lyrics. Like that was the perfect song. And th- that that brings me back to another thing that that I think really is important in this season and coming from third season, and that is that you know when one is talking to L and he says like, think about a memory that you had that makes you sad, but also angry. And that's like where he gets his power from is like anger Mm -hmm. and, and, and resentment and this stuff. But Elle learned and like, she uses that, you know, when, when she was like taken away from her mother, but she uses that, the like loving, happy memory. Mm -hmm. And that's what she learned from Billy. When that scene, like, I'm going to start crying just talking about it. Oh, you're when, right. When he, like, when she's in the, like, the, the limbo and he grabs her and she falls into his memories and she sees him on the beach with his mother. And then in that scene at the end of season three, when she just starts talking about that memory and that, mm-hmm. like, that loving, beautiful memory. I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, is is what like snaps him out of it, and is what like yeah. lets him like save her, and mm-hmm. like I think that that is going to be such a important thing going forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. One uh. thing I just want to say about Max and Lucas. Um, first of all, Lucas, we're talking about hair. Can we talk about his high top? <laughs> like. I loved it. Was it. So it was good. it was so perfect. 80s. It was like I'm watching, you know, um, not kid kid and play kid a couple of years later, but like there was a couple of like early yeah. rap stars who had that haircut um, that was so good. <laughs> but also, I, looked like every member of Silk, even though that was the '90s. <laughs> on the one hand, like I really like him and Max, and I hope they kind of get back together. I also understand why they're they're not because again the puberty mm-hmm. thing. Max still looks like she's 14. He now looks like he's 19, and like. I think if we watched them kiss, it would feel weird. Yeah. But also, just again to the show, I've been on a big kick of like, I want shows to avoid the low-hanging fruit. I want you to do something different. Yeah. It would be so easy to make a focus of the scene of this season being that someone in the town, one of their parents doesn't like the interracial relationship. And they just ignored that entirely. And I I give them props for that as well. Like, just let these are two kids have, have have their situation. That's very true. Yeah. So like we've gone on a while. There's a lot more we could talk about, I'm sure. But is there any kind of last things like, uh, Mark, any of the last D&D references we didn't catch or any of the last things you want to bring up? Give it to us, Mark. I think I think I, I think I talked about all the D&D stuff that I really wanted to talk about. I think I'm good. Cool. Well, we're all going to come back together because the two uh, there's yes. two more episodes. 
and they're going to be long mm. as hell. And I cannot wait to wrap all of this up. And then now, Mark, just know season five is coming. So when that comes, we could do episode by episode or we could see how we want to do. Just let but me know. You are I, in I, now. <laughs> I, I am more than happy. I'm ecstatic to, yep. to, to do that. So let uh, me know. Final thought. Steve is truly the best babysitter because if he didn't go check on Max, she would have been taken. Yeah. And he just keeps proving yeah. best yeah. babysitter. Yeah. I will agree like, with that. Even he was a little more grumpy towards the kids, but like having like Eddie help explain like why him and Dustin are kind of not quite you know, there, there, you know, it worked. I yeah. It. Well, thank you both so much for being a part. Oh, sorry. Ashley, do you have any other last things about the episode you want to share? No, cool. I'm good. I love this. This was, so this was great. Thank you, Mark, for coming yeah, Mark, thank so, you so much. Thank you for being able to join us. I think Ashley and I could have had a great conversation, especially was I, I was getting, I think, honestly, like there are choices this season made that I didn't love. It's not the season I'm probably going to be eager to talk about but it was a season of tell i'm sorry eager to rewatch. but it was a season of television that had a lot of great moments and a lot of great writing and i really appreciate that both of you really loved it because you helped me kind of remember a lot of the stuff because it, <laughs> it's, yeah, not, over it's yet. not over yet we'll see and maybe it's gonna maybe they're gonna make me happy that we spent so much time in russia i'm not there yet but you're gonna get your team up baby you're gonna get your team up listen the moment that they reconnected oh, i didn't God. give a fuck about how long we were in russia because i was just so happy he had the no look idea on hopper's she face when he saw her or that she yeah. got there oh my god it, yeah. i was so happy for them <laughs> it was and if someone tells 11 that he's alive yeah. before they meet i, I will write yeah like i need like i don't want her to be tortured yeah. by it her, she needs to have that yeah. moment where because <gasps> she's so yeah. like with you she's so alone you know and like par- they'll figure something. how are they gonna get out of russia who knows? Who knows? We'll see it. Well, anyway, thank you both so much. Um, Mark, for people who are, are hearing you for the first time, they want to know more, they want to get back into D&D stuff, they want to hear your podcast, t- tell us about what you're up to. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can find me uh, on um, at, or at the Cast Eye Podcast on, on the different social medias. You can listen to our podcast. We are an uh, actual play D&D podcast. Uh, we play some other games, too. Um, uh, you can listen to some audio books. I recorded. Uh, if you look for me on Amazon.com, that's where those are. Um, and yeah, and and stay tuned for more Stranger Things stuff here in in Stranded Panda Land. So, if you want to really learn and just like be a part of a D and D campaign, if you've never really experienced it, I think that Mark's cast is the place to go because you really get to see what the different classes do. You really get to hear like what it's about. So like when I went in, I went in completely blank because I played once back years ago. So when I came in, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but to get an idea and just if you really want to go in and like not even just wow people, but no, Mark's cast is the way to go because you really learn. That's very sweet. Thank you. Well, and, and that to me, that if nothing else is the most beautiful reminder of just how far we've come, you know, from like the kids getting bullied all the time to now, hey, if you want to be able to talk about this cool thing at parties because everyone's talking about it, here's how you learn up about D&D. Like yeah. 20 years ago, I was always told, watch the game because that way you know what to talk about. Right. Now today it's <laughs> make sure you know, are you a warlock or are you a, ma- are you a wizard? You know, it's yeah. different. Are you a sorcerer? Different kinds of accessing magic. So. It's important. Yeah. Um, love Ashley, you you podcast every now and then. What are you up to these days? Ugh. Oh, God. So we have the boys on PandaVision. Um, just look for that because it is whenever we can record since we're so busy. We have Obi-Wan Kenobi tomorrow live on Twitch. You can at the Zen Madman. 
Uh, not tomorrow because that I'm not going to get this episode up in time. But yeah, every Wednesday nights at um six thirty, uh, seven thirty Central, six thirty uh yeah, sorry, seven thirty Eastern, six thirty Central Wednesday nights, and they're on Twitch.tv slash uh Zen Madman. And then also you can find them on the Zen Mad Men YouTube channel, which if you go to, please like and subscribe. Help us get the numbers we need so that we can, uh, you know, make more of an impact and, and make more podcasts for you. So, yeah, and I, I will have links in the show notes this to all the stuff Mark is doing, to all the different podcasts that Ashley is on. Of course, the best place to find all those podcasts is you go to the Stranded Panda Podcast Network, strandedpanda.com. All that content information is there. And also, if you want to find more about the podcast I'm doing, especially the Star Wars Universe podcast, like we said, we're doing all the Kenobi stuff, but also we've got episodes coming up about um, The Boys. Is is uh, Actually, those episodes are going on PandaVision on Stranded Panda, but I've got episodes coming up about a lot of other great stuff. Uh, you can find all the episodes we did on Moon Knight. We actually got some experts in. We had a, a licensed psychotherapist who focuses on disassociative identity disorder. She came on and talked to us about Moon Knight and that that situation. So a lot of great stuff happening there. <laughs> uh, check out all my podcasts at theethicalpanda.com. There also you'll find all the ways to give us feedback. Uh, what are your questions? What do you think? What do you think about the conversation that we talked about? Um, yeah, tag me on Facebook if you want feedback and we'll read it before the next. Uh... Yeah, tag us on Facebook. Find us on uh, Twitter. Uh, let us know what are your theories about this. Who's your favorite uh, D and D character you got to play, and how, how did this? <laughs> how, how has it been like uh, uh, looking at this? You know, for you. So we're going to close out by actually telling that right after this last commercial break. All right, we're back. So quickly, because I, I mentioned your favorite commercial, your favorite D and D character. Mark's hand went up. So Mark, starting with you, what's your favorite D and D character you've ever played? Oh man, that is really hard. Um, I, I, there has been so many. Um, um, I think the, the, the first one, the first one I ever played, uh, was a ranger named Greenleaf. Uh, this was like in 1989, probably. And, um, uh, my friend and I were, uh, the older brother was, was DMing us and, uh, we spent all this time making the characters, drawing them badly. And then within like a half an hour, uh, my friend's older brother like killed both the characters. Oh no! And so it was a very, you know, I, I think he, like his the friends his age were doing something. So he was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, you guys got killed by a dragon turtle, and I gotta go. <laughs> TPK, TPK. Yeah, TPK. Uh, thanks for playing. And then we <laughs> went, just went back to like tracing pictures out of the monster manual. Um. We, I played that ranger when we played, we played for an entire year. That campaign was very long. And I, yeah. yeah. That got us through pant. I was a half elf ranger named Ashlyn of Neverfarth because I was making fun of the Witcher because I was like, yeah, (laughs) and then I just, every time anyone asked me about where Neverfarth was, I made up a different story. So that was just, that turned into a whole gimmick. And I really like that. Um, We stopped playing right when I became that lightning star. Uh, sorceress but i realized i would have liked that a whole lot more than arrow sneak arrow i was like what do you mean i could be like fire dungeon thunder <laughs> so now i know my favorite I- i'm gonna confess was not a DD character it was a Fair. vampire the masquerade character but i love this story uh he was named uh father o'leary i was not very good at coming up with names but he was a he'd been a catholic priest he was made into a vampire he still thought he was a priest and he thought that like you know he could rescue the souls of vampires Ooh. and i i 
uh, yeah, exactly. I did not have an Irish accent, thank God. Um, but I did, uh, I played this character with friends of mine from the University of California, Berkeley, while I was in grad school, because I, I used to be a pastor, and I was studying to be a pastor. So there was a point in time at which one of the other characters died, and my character offered to hold a funeral for that character. And we held a funeral. In, this is a live-action role-playing game, so we were all in costumes and dressed up. We held a full funeral for that character, and I had someone set up a camera to video it. And then I submitted that video for my class on ceremonies and got an A. Yay! So I was like, <laughs> I was like, I did seminary homework. Like, tell me this is devil worship. I get to do homework for being a Christian minister <laughs> as part of my playing a role playing game. So that's pretty that's awesome. Can suck it. Uh, exactly. So. <laughs> Satanism can fucking suck it. <laughs> I like it. I like sorry, Bo right, well, I'm sorry. Thank you both so much. This has been so much fun. Thank you to all of our listeners. Check out all the links. Check out all the podcasts. Write to us. Let us know what you think. And most importantly, be excellent to each other. Bye. Bye.